This is Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. Arabile Gumede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic 1027. It's 7.50. Let's uh, head up on some other news as well, making headlines today. Of course, Trevor Manuel, the former finance minister of South Africa, has been uh, asked to head up the panel to interview contenders for the commissioner post at the South African Revenue Services. Now, I had a, a theory of my own, and I thought that perhaps with uh, Maria Ramos stepping down and retiring as CEO of APSA, that she perhaps you know, would want to take up that government post. I can almost say with absolute certainty <laughs> that uh, that's no longer happening. You've had other theories as well. At some point, you thought uh, former Deputy Governor Francois Krupp might be in the running. I mean, he could still be, he could still um, apply for that position. You just never know. And, you know, they've said that there are fewer than 10 people that they're going to interview for the job. uh, And they will have a decision on this in the next few weeks. So if you think about it, few weeks means that probably before the end of February, Mm -hmm. we'll know if uh, who the next commissioner of the South African Revenue Services will be. This is uh, a really great step, if you ask me, because it's, it's needed to just get some clarity with regards to its leadership and move on from here. Look, uh, if, if we take out Maria Ramos, if we take out the, the chance that maybe, uh, the off chance that maybe uh, Francois Hrup uh, would, would take the opportunity, you know, I don't see why Mark Kingon isn't still you know, a front runner. He is currently interim uh, commissioner. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but as we said there, Trevor Manuel is indeed part of the seven-member panel that heads up uh, the interviewing of the te- less than 10 candidates for the post of commissioner of the South African uh, Revenue Services. Some of the other people there are Judge Dennis Davis, Ismail Momonyat, who is currently uh, tax chief at National Treasury, um, uh, Tandi Orlain, who, uh, human resources expert, physically and the chair of the African Woman Chartered Accountants Investment Holding Company, uh, Cindy Mabaso Konyane as well, and even Angela Besta. It would be nice, though, if they would broadcast the interview process um, as they do with, as they did with the NPA and some yeah, others. And even well. the Public Protector one is also broadcast. It would be actually quite interesting, considering how big a deal it is, actually. I think it would be quite fair uh, to, to do so. Who knows? Let's see what happens on that front. Here's an interesting one, guys. One trillion rand is how much Total's find uh, could of gas uh, uh, condensate could add to South Africa's economy over the next 20 years. Now, a significant uh, gas condensate was found off the coast of South Africa. Uh, French oil and gas company Total announcing this yesterday and that it has opened up a new sort of world-class oil and gas province off the coast of Mossel Bay. Uh, at its Prolpada uh, prospects on Block two, uh, 11 and 12B uh, in the Otaniqua Basin. Uh, this indeed, as they say, could be a game-changer for our country and a significant consequence for our country's energy security and development uh, in this industry. We are very pleased to announce this, uh, which was drilled in a challenging deep-water environment. How great could this be? How... How well could this actually bode for us, you reckon, uh, Gary? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, South Africa's a net oil importer, so to have uh, you know just a, a find of this magnitude, and it's still to be confirmed as well, just just how you, you know how how much could potentially yield from the from the discovery. But 
Yeah, unfortunately, as much as we look to electric cars and uh, you know, f- you know, future technologies to change things, uh, this it's it's not it's not going to happen anytime soon. And mm. I mean, it's it's something that uh, that is certainly going to you know at least help with our fuel prices, which you know feeds into every part of our EU economy and and hopefully just manages to keep infra- inflation suppressed and mm. in translation, perhaps even an interest rate drop. See, now you're talking my language. (laughs) 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 Like that one, that's for sure. So here's another one. MTN as well. Those shares sliding yesterday, falling 2.2%. And that was based uh, primarily on, um, you know, the operator's court battle with Nigeria's attorney general over what is a $2 billion tax demand. Uh, This case was then put on hold again yesterday so that share price falling to 85 rand and 70 cents uh, the nigerian court postponed the case until march the 26th and the hearing was initially scheduled for november 8 uh, and you can imagine then that this is certainly not doing their share price any favors the mobile operator uh, has uh, obviously had their shares crash particularly in the second half of 2018 uh, says that they will maintain uh, their their stance and will continue to fight. Now, MTN reached a settlement with Nigeria Central Bank in December regarding the 8.1 billion rand claim, which was then reduced to $53 million, which is still a huge chunk. The tax case does remain an overhang on its share price, which lost 2.6% in Thursday afternoon trading. Um, Gary, MTN is still, however, a good business, despite Nigeria. And this week they came out with that trading statement show that they are doing better or doing well despite Nigeria, not necessarily because of it only. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's interesting because we see the, the headlines rolling around on the, the Nigerian case. We, we see issues around Uganda as well. And just continually reminding investors that, that MTN needs to trade at, uh, at discount to perhaps other uh, uh, telco providers that operate in more stable territories. Because you know, even though they might settle this case, there's no... Uh, you know, there's no reason there can't be other other matters, as we saw with uh, you know the dispute of uh, repatriation of funds, and it you know the question for 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 I suppose market people and and people invested in MTN is how much of this news is priced in because if you compare MTN to a Vodacom, um, which obviously had a large uh, collapse on the back of its uh, most recent numbers, it is far far cheaper. So you've got to look at the company in the context of yes, we understand there are problems in it, but operationally it is sound. It it is in some of the most exciting markets if they manage to continue to operate in there without too many you know, legal <laughs> ramifications. And uh, and and for that reason, it it quite possibly could be could be an attractive company to to invest in. Mm. Okay, now SAA has been something we always talk about, um, but I wanted to talk about an inter- on the international front and what this says about the airline industry. Now, what is uh, the world's oldest travel company, Thomas Cook, says that they're willing to sell their unprofit or uh, their profitable rather their, their, their profitable airline business in order to raise cash and fund their fight back from a torrid 2018 and signs of a tough year ahead. If the world's oldest travel company, which is indeed experiencing a profit in that airline industry, is willing to bow out of that industry to save the company on the whole, what should we be saying to SAA or about SAA? <laughs> I, I feel there's a, there's a parable there. <laughs> should we bow out of SAA? Now, it, it's, it's a huge discussion. And, and I mean, sure, you look at the, the, the profitability of airline routes and 
Yeah, the problem with it is that there's a lot of external, what economists call externalities within um, within airlines specifically because they you know they facilitate things like tourism. So yeah. you accept routes running at a loss in uh, as long as it translates to a greater profit in other sectors that not ne- maybe not necessarily realized within the the airlines uh, financials but uh, certainly i think we look at sa compared to you know the likes of comair and and other and, and other airline operators and we we look at it and say this is something that could How be run a, a lot a, a, a lot more yeah I, i'm not sure the exact numbers but uh, but, but yeah. certainly i mean they get to pick and choose their routes and again they might they're trying to maximize profits as a private business versus uh, you know state-owned entity which would be trying to maximize we hope in theory the public good 72 years of profits that is still a staggering number till this very day Comair has 72 years worth of profits and as you say they get to pick and choose which routes they take on they make their business as lean and as mean as possible Mm -hmm. and they continue to trudge along to the best of their ability and perhaps we're, you know, trying too much as the state carrier, you know, uh, and, and doing a little too much and forcing us over to get into the mix we're in. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show, though. That is uh, the Friday edition of Classic Business Breakfast as well. And we close out uh, today's show. Of course, a whole lot of earnings news as well. Sassel uh, has a trading update as well today to have come out for the sixth month. Uh, ended December the 31st. Just a quick look there. Uh, it seems that uh, headline earnings per share is expected to go up between 30 and 34 percent. Core headline earnings per share uh, to go up between 16 and 20 percent. We'll continue to unpack a lot more of that data and news as and when it comes out. Tash? Yeah, we'll be back uh, on Monday. Is Man United playing? No? Yes, maybe? I think they certainly are this week. <laughs> yes, yes, it is a, it is a soccer-filled week. So, yes. All right. Well, we'll, I'll catch up with you on Monday as to what happened. But that's goodbye for me. Goodbye. It's eight o'clock.